Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What, like it's hard? Hello, hello. How are you today? I hope you liked that new intro. Today's episode is number 99, and I feel like I should have saved that new intro for episode 100, but I just couldn't wait anymore. It's just too good. I love it. I hope you love it. My brother Michael helped me put it together, and I think it's really cool. But anyway, let's get into it. Welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz, and I'm really happy to have you. I hope you're doing really well. I hope that everyone is hunkering down, safe at home, washing their hands, practicing social distancing. This is a really challenging time for a lot of us, just learning how to navigate this new normal. I hope you're safe. I hope your families are safe and healthy. But I also really hope that this podcast can bring a little bit of normalcy and routine and just a welcome distraction to your day. So thank you so much for joining me and choosing to spend your time with me here on EcoChic. We are speaking today with one of my favorite people on the internet, Dr. Mona Vand. Dr. Mona Vand is a pharmacist who advocates for wellness on a very holistic level. She understands medicine at the chemical level, but really also understands that wellness means not just medicine, but also diet, exercise, mindset. She reaches over 100,000 people daily across her platforms, educating people about health and wellness and one of my favorite topics, skincare. She's been featured on NBC, The Telegraph, The Doctors, and more. Dr. Mona lives a plant-based lifestyle, and we've spoken before that the plant-based diet is truly the most impactful, powerful thing that you can do to reduce your own carbon footprint. Just going meatless Mondays, choosing one meal a week, doing whatever you can to lessen your animal product intake really makes a difference long-term on your environmental impact. But beyond that, Mona really educates us a little bit about how plant-based lifestyles and more holistic, thoughtful mindsets around food can impact other things like your overall well-being and your skincare and just the way you're feeling altogether. So I think it's a really important concept to emphasize that wellness, preventative medicine, skincare, all of those concerns you have about your body can really start on your plate. Mona and I today very briefly talk about Ayurvedic medicine or Ayurveda, and that's a historical alternative system of medicine with its roots in India. I use the word conventional today in reference to Western medicine, 
But for hundreds of thousands of years, there has been other systems of medicine I completely respect and want to know more about. I really loved talking to Mona about non-traditional medicine and different ways that we can approach wellness. She even briefly talks about doshas, body types. I would love to talk more in depth about medicine in general on this show because I like to advocate for science. I like to advocate that we look at labels and we think really critically about the products we're consuming and what we are supporting as individuals. And what I like so much about the way that Mona approaches wellness and skincare and other topics is that she does very clearly understand the background and can explain that very concisely to us. We do break down skincare and a skincare routine from the chemical level, which I loved. And I can't wait for you to listen to that conversation, especially if you're not sure where to start with skincare or why certain skincare steps are important in your routine. She can really emphasize the chemical backing to those things. And she also talks about treatments and different things that we can do for our skin and for our body and just being proactive as opposed to reactive when it comes to your wellness and your health, digestion, your skincare routine, whatever it may be. I like the way that Mona describes the science and the rationale behind certain actions. I would also like to say that on a personal level, I've followed Mona for a few years now. I heard her on the Skinny Confidential podcast maybe two and a half years ago. And she truly changed my outlook on skincare and wellness. Honestly, beforehand, I thought all I had to do was wash my face, put on a moisturizer if I felt like it, put on some sunscreen if I was at the beach, and that was kind of the extent of my knowledge of skincare. And Dr. Mona really has, over the years, through all of her different platforms, taught me so much about what it means to really eat and make sure that you are glowing from within and making sure that you're taking care of your health in the most active daily way that you can. I don't want to get to a point in my life where I encounter some sort of health issue and I'm like, oh, this could have been prevented had I done X, Y, and Z. And I don't mean to say that in a way that people are not taking care of themselves. I don't mean to say that in any sort of like condescending way, but I mean, if I can do something to prevent longer term issues, why wouldn't I want to at least try? That's really my personal philosophy that I've learned from Mona. It's I'm going to take care of myself today so I can take care of myself forever. So today's conversation does have a lot of really great take-home tips, my favorite thing to emphasize, things that you can do today to just get your body moving in a way that's a little bit more optimal for you. And Mona also shares some longer-term thinking lifestyle shifts that might be helpful for you longer-term. Before we get into it, though, I wanted to let you know that we are running a sale right now on TotallyEcoChic.com. It is like the sister merch brand to EcoChic, the podcast. We have reusable produce bags, silicone storage bags, and then a couple of other fun lifestyle-type products, a baseball cap that I wear all the time, and postcards, which are really ideal during this time where we are distant from our friends. And I just wanted to let you guys know there is a site-wide sale. You just have to add things to your cart. There's no code necessary, and the discount will show up. It's called the Social Distancing Sale, and it runs through the end of the month. It ends on March 31st at midnight. We completely understand the financial strain put on a lot of us during this challenging time, and by no means do I want to push anyone to make a purchase. But if you've been thinking about picking up the produce bag set, the silicone bag set, or any of the merch items, this would be a really great time to pick them up. There's no code necessary, like I mentioned, and we're going to keep shipping orders as long as the postal service is in operation. TotallyEcoChic.com is also where you can sign up for our newsletter. It comes out once a week. It's a lot of fun. It has content recs. It has new things from the podcast, fun things in terms of the environmental world that maybe would be good to read at your desk, things to keep you busy while you work from home. So TotallyEcoChic.com. It's a really fun newsletter to get. And we also are on social media at EcoChic Podcast on Instagram. My personal page is linked below. And then we're also on Facebook, EcoChic Podcast. So I like hanging out with you wherever you want to hang out with me. 
Don't forget to rate and review the show. And while you're there, make sure that you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode, especially while we're all in this very strange time where all of our days are kind of blurring together. I am in the works, moving things around, trying to put out some additional content to keep you busy and entertained during this time. So I want to show up for you as much as possible. All right, let's get into it. Everything health, food, wellness, skincare. I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Dr. Mona Vand. Mona, I'm really excited to be doing this with you today. So I want us to just like jump right, right into it. I would love to get a little bit of background on you, how you got to where you are, your early career, everything of the sort. Um, Sure. I'm so happy to be here. I, you know, initially went to pharmacy school right out of high school. I, you know, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but traditionally with my culture, like science is a pretty like popular major for kids to go into. So I figured I would go into pharmacy school and kind of just see where it would take me. I loved what I was learning, but then as soon as I graduated and was like ready to start my life, I started my first job and absolutely hated it and just kind of had like freak out moment where I was like, I can't do this my whole life. You know, people around me, my roommates that were practicing pharmacy didn't hate it as much as I did. So I just really could feel that it wasn't for me, but obviously it was in a bit of a scary situation at that point because you know, I had studied for so long and had all these student loans. One thing I noticed though was definitely the one part of the job I enjoyed, which was rare, but was when someone would ask me a question and have to go out on the floor and kind of like counsel them through it or explain things. So I knew I liked kind of like teaching and explaining, but didn't just like the day to day. So I basically spent the next three or four years trying to figure out, like I worked as a pharmacist trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then blogging was kind of up and coming. So I just decided that would kind of be my route. Uh, My initial thought was to just be like the guest expert on different talk shows. But um, soon after realized how big social media was and how that was just going to create so much opportunity in itself. So really my plan was just to create an online wellness platform and just keep providing as much value as possible to give me the leverage to like, you know, turn it into a business. So after about three years of doing that while working full time as a pharmacist, I ended up quitting so I could just do it full time once I was able to actually make money from it and make it a business. Awesome. That's a really nice, concise rundown of how you got to where you are. And I think it's also really, really cool that at the time you were practicing pharmacy, you were living with people who didn't necessarily have the same sentiments that you did about not necessarily liking the job as much as you thought you did. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I meant to say my roommates from college, like when I would talk to them, Mm -hmm. they would be, you know, they were like, oh, I don't mind it. So it wasn't, we weren't living together at the time. I was like in a new city, but it still made it more difficult because, you know, I was like, okay, what is it just me? Like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I could see that being an interesting like point of reflection for you as a young career woman, just being like, is it me or is it what I'm doing? And I feel like at that point in your life, you already have a lot of things that you're not sure about. So to also be able to come to terms with saying like, yes, this career is just what's not for me day to day. I think that's also really cool and really, really respectable. And I also think it's really cool that as a pharmacist, you did really enjoy going out and speaking with customers and answering questions and talking about the medicine that you were putting into people's lives, essentially. So yes. I would love to hear a little bit about like your philosophy when it comes to medication and then also how you 
transition and to focus more on wellness much more than medication, the preventative aspect of medicine? Yeah, I mean, really it's because in pharmacy school, when we learn disease state management, the first step to everything is always supposed to be lifestyle modification. So when someone comes in with a symptom, um, you know, unless it's really out of control and it's like for their own, like, you know, for their own health benefit to start medication, they should really start with lifestyle modifications. And I just didn't see that happening at all. And, you know, even like cold medicine is one thing that I always over explain to people because it's actually so tricky. There's like five different Tylenols, like, right, like Tylenol liquid, Tylenol fluid, Tylenol cold, whatever. Every single one of them has different ingredients. And I think just because certain things have the same brand name, people just assume it's all the same. And I felt like this stuff was never getting explained to people. Like, you don't want to look at the brand. You want to look at the back under active ingredients. And like, this ingredient is going to help if you have a stuffy nose. This one's going to help if you have a dry cough. This one will help if you have a wet cough. And I would often encounter some people saying, oh, just grab like Advil cold and sinus or whatever. So I really felt like inclined to help them with that. And then I really think living in LA, because right after I graduated school, I went to school in Boston my very last year of school when the workload was like a little lower because we were doing rotations at that point. So it wasn't like we had no exams or anything. That's when I joined a gym with my roommate and I got really into working out. And then when I moved to LA and was just surrounded by this like wellness scene everywhere, I got so enthralled in it. So I think that mixed in with my background just kind of gave me this combo of like, LA is very much about proactive wellness. Like we're constant, you know, like whether you're juicing or taking supplements or going to cryotherapy or like trying this new workout. And I got really into that world of it, but like to kind of mix what I had learned. Yeah. I think that's really something that I've always really admired. The idea that you can talk about not you specific, I mean you specifically, but also in general that we can talk about medication and wellness and Western medicine and preventive medicine as things that don't necessarily have to be opposing forces. They can work hand in hand. Like I say it a lot. Yeah. I say it a lot with like climate change and sustainability. They're completely different concepts, but they definitely operate in the same arena. And I feel like that approach can definitely be taken to wellness as well. So I'm glad that you mentioned cold medicine because I feel like we should talk a little bit about immunity. Yeah. Right now in March, it's pretty crazy out there. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear your take on in a regular state of the world, What's a natural way that you can start thinking about immunity or a more preventative way that you can start thinking about taking care of your health? Well, the more natural whole foods you eat, like natural fruits and vegetables, the the better you're going to boost your immunity. I mean, every food is so uniquely amazing on its own, which is why I love eating like a different combo of them. Like things like onion and garlic and turmeric and ginger, um, dark leafy greens, fruit, like the antioxidants, like they all have such great immune boosting capabilities. I mean, vitamin C is huge. Like if there's, you know, chia seeds and walnuts and sesame seeds all have zinc, which is great for your immunity. Like I think a cup of kiwis, like your full dose of vitamin C, there's just so much you can get from food. So just eating that stuff every day always helps. Like whenever I have a cold coming on, even in the past, I would just eat very, very healthy, get a bunch of juice, like drink smoothies and just try to eat as healthy as possible. Like it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to fight off the virus or bacteria, but they're going to make your immunity stronger, which will fight off the virus or bacteria. So that's kind of, it's almost like an indirect benefit. And although some foods really do have antibacterial properties, like onions and garlic are really known for that too. So I mean, in Iran, it's so funny. 
my grandparents are always like, eat one, like swallow one bulb of garlic a day. I'm like, that's a little intense, but they do that a lot because it just really helps with your immunity. That's so funny. I also think it's really funny to think about just saying like one entire bulb of garlic to me sounds crazy, but in Uh other cultures, it's so well accepted and just well understood that these foods do have antibacterial properties and they are so good for you. And that also brings me to think a little bit about Ayurvedic medicine because I am not at all familiar, like from a professional standpoint at all about Ayurvedic medicine. I know about it just like very colloquially. And I would love to talk a little bit about how more like non-Western medicine techniques play into immunity sometimes. I have a little bit of familiarity with like some of the processes around maybe colds. Like they say, you want to warm up your body because it's like you're physically cold inside. You want to be eating warm things like garlic and like different broths and things like that. So I would love to talk a little bit about like those more unconventional or less talked about medicine techniques when it comes to immunity? Yeah. You know, Ayurveda, I've like, you know, kind of dabbled in a little bit, but they, they also believe that there's like three different body types. Like they call it your dosha. Um, so I know that like some people are like vata or pitta, like I'm personally vata and it describes me to a T. It's like, we're full of air. We're always cold. Like we feel safest in like warmer environments, but then there's some that are like always hot or like, so I know that they say, depending on your body type, some people might want more cool, cooling foods or some people might want more warming foods. For me specifically, um, or anyone who falls under that one, you would want to eat like more grounding, warming foods. Ayurveda actually also is kind of the concept of food combining, which I've always thought was really interesting. And I follow, I'd say like, honestly, like 65 to 70% of the time, but it's funny because I put out a YouTube video on it. My, one of my first YouTube videos that did well I think it hit like 5,000 views, which I hadn't had like any views in any of my other ones before that. Um, And now people totally refer to me when it comes to food combining. So if I ever post something that's not perfectly food combined, they're always like confused. So it kind of like mistakenly branded me as like, I do this 100% of the time, but I do believe in it. I don't do it all the time, but you know, like when I can. I think that food combining is actually a super interesting concept. I don't follow it myself. Try to follow it in some capacity. Like I try to start my mornings with just with fruit before I get into like, if I'm going to have my overnight oats, I need to make sure that it's after I have my fruit, things like that. So I try to be like a little bit conscious of it. But for anyone who's new to food combining, I would love for you to just give a little bit of a runaround on why it makes sense for your digestive system. Yes. To make it really simple, it basically believes that there's a few different food categories and they don't necessarily digest well together. So you've got fruit, which always needs to be eaten on its own because it's digested very, very quickly. So if you were to eat fruit with like a protein, um, the protein, like let's say you eat like a high protein dinner, like a burger or steak or something, and then you eat fruit for dessert, which a lot of people think might be healthy. If the protein isn't digested yet, which could take about four hours, and then the fruit is trying to get digested, it basically sits in the stomach and starts to ferment. So the idea is to always eat like the quickest digested to the slowest digested so that it kind of goes around on like a train track, if that makes sense. So one train doesn't bump into another. Basically, starches and proteins can't be combined. That's the worst combination. So for a lot of people, this is hard because it's like eggs and toast or like a burger and a hamburger bun. But those are the big no-nos. If you eat plant-based, it is better. Like in general, your stomach tends to digest it a little bit more. 
vegetables like leafy greens and um, fresh veggies are kind of a free food. So you can eat veggies with any food you want, as long as it's not like a starchy, like potato vegetable and then fruit on its own. So you could do like a fruit for breakfast or a smoothie and then follow that with like an oatmeal or something 20 minutes later. And then I've always said, if you want to practice it, it's a little bit easier to stick with like starchy carbs for lunch and then protein for dinner so that you just don't have to worry about mixing them. Wow, that was great. Thank you so much for that synopsis, that little summary. I was not even expecting to get into food combining today. And I'm so glad that we got into it because it also makes me think a little bit when you were talking about fruit, I am really interested in the concept of this kind of goes back to our little immunity mention earlier. But when you talk about fruit, I think about fruit that is like better, quote unquote, for you than others. And I think about berries in terms of their antioxidants and eating fresh berries. It makes me feel a little bit better to think that eating fresh berries will help me in some capacity and help boost my immune system a little bit. So I would love to talk a little bit about just like antioxidants and some benefits that people don't necessarily always associate with certain foods. Yeah. I mean, my, one of my favorite things is like fresh bell peppers. I love buying like the baby bell peppers. You got, you can find them at the grocery store, like organic in a bag. I literally just snack. I just rinse them and snack on them and bite right in. And they have so much vitamin C, which I think are a little bit underrated because everyone thinks of like an orange or citrus as vitamin C, but they actually have the most, one of the most I'd say. So when you're sick, that's a great one to have. I love walnuts or anything with like great omegas for skin, like for soft skin. Uh, They just provide like a lot of hydration and those oils are really good for your skin to keep, you know, prevent dry skin. So that's really cool. Berries, I love brightening. They're just so full of antioxidants. So anything like that that has that can really help brighten and give you a nice glow. So I'd say those are my favorites. I think that I definitely see a little bit more of a glow when I'm incorporating more fresh berries. And I'm glad that you mentioned that it is a pretty known association because sometimes it's easy for me to feel like placebo effects. Like I'm just telling myself my skin looks better because I'm doing all of these things. But it's also really you know nice. what? Yeah. Even if that is it, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> the mind is so cool. That's it's kind of why if you say affirmations, like you start to believe it. You're absolutely right. That's so true. I have heard that. And I like that you also mentioned nuts for oils and keeping your skin really plump and looking at oils and fats in your diet as a really positive thing for your skincare and for your well-being. So I would love to talk a little bit now pivoting the conversation into skincare. I would love to hear some of your eating for skin tips or just like general wellness tips when it comes to preventative skincare, foods that might help your skin, uh, things that people might want to start incorporating into their diet for the sake of skincare, preventative skincare. I think one of the biggest things is water. It's so underrated and just water is one thing that will give you immediate results. I always notice when I'm not drinking enough water, I can just, my makeup doesn't sit as well. I have like a little more like creases when you have foundation in. So Water is so important, but hydration in general is super important. And it's not just water that you get it from. There's so many foods that will give you more hydration than if you were to just drink water all day. So I'd say the two top ones are cucumbers and watermelon. They have the highest water content. 
So even if you wanted to just like throw, I've been throwing a cucumber in my morning smoothie because you don't even notice it. Just like a little baby cucumber. One thing you could do, which I feel like a lot of people don't, is take some fresh watermelon and a little bit of water and cucumber and blend it. And you can make yourself like a little slushy drink. It's so good for you. I'd always recommend that over like watermelon juice, just because you're getting like, the, you know, the real deal. It's basically like eating it, but pre-digesting it. So I think that for hydration, um, even adding in like chia seeds into your water and letting it sit for five or 10 minutes, that will help you hydrate more when you drink it. it like that, how they kind of turn into that like jelly substance. They're just going to hold a lot more water. Eating like fresh raw greens is really great for staying hydrated. So all of those are really good. Fiber is super important for moving things along. You know, if you're not like flushing out bacteria and toxins, you could erode onto your skin. So things like apples or anything else high in fiber could be really good. And then again, just I would say things high in antioxidants. So cacao is one of my favorites, which is different than cocoa. Cacao ends in AO. And that's just the most natural state of chocolate. Like it's where chocolate comes from on its own. It's super bitter. So chocolate naturally is sugar-free, dairy-free. That's what it tastes like. But if you add it with any other sweetener, it will taste like chocolate. So if you add a little cacao and banana into a blender, it's going to taste like chocolate. Or if you add cacao and like monk fruit, like powder into oatmeal, it's going to taste like chocolate. It just needs a little something to sweeten it, but you definitely don't need dairy in it. So those are probably my top ones. I'm glad that you mentioned that about cacao because I have seen cacao bagged at health food stores. And for some reason, I'm always a little bit nervous about it. I'm always not sure what to do with it, but it's really simple to think of cacao as just the most natural form of chocolate. Oh and yeah, it's amazing. And it has more antioxidants than even like berries. It, it's, it has such a high amount of antioxidants. That's amazing. And yeah. it's also crazy to think that it could be so good for you to just add into smoothies because it's so easy to feel like if you're eating for health and wellness, it has to be this like raw, very plain diet and it doesn't necessarily have to. Like there are plenty exactly. of ways that you can get what you want out of your food. Mm-hmm. For dinner, like I, I make this like quinoa kind of cacao. It's almost like a chocolatey oatmeal, but I might even make that for dinner tonight because, you know, what's the difference of having like quinoa and veggies instead I'm just going to have quinoa with a little almond milk and cacao and like a banana oh yum that sounds delicious I feel like that would also be such a good breakfast on the go like quinoa for breakfast oh I have it all the time for breakfast I'm also really glad that you mentioned the difference between a juice and a smoothie because I feel like when I see a juice like in a beautiful bottle on a shelf I'm inclined to believe that it is so good for me but you mentioned that a smoothie is going to have a lot more nutrients and fiber. And is that because of the pulp that's in there? Is that something that I should be actively looking yeah, for? Yeah. And, you know, I think they both like have their place. I'm not a fan of fruit and juices. Like sometimes if it's, you know, if I can't find one without any fruit or, if, you know, I just want some, it's not like it's bad, like toxic for you, but it's a lot of sugar. However, if you're drinking a juice that's celery, kale, cucumber, lemon, where you're not adding any fruit, you're definitely getting more vitamins and nutrients than you would just from eating it because you can drink it all. So it's going to be absorbed quicker and it takes so much produce to make that one juice. So you're getting like probably double, triple the amount. But I think on a regular basis, also, if you want the fiber, blending it is better because you're getting the whole food. So I really like mixing both. I think they both have their place. If I had to pick one, I would pick a smoothie, but I like adding in juice too, as long as there's no fruit. Got it. I'm glad that you laid that out. And I'm glad that you mentioned 
the fiber portion of it because honestly, like my mom is going to listen to this and yell. I talk about fiber all the time. I think that (laughs) Americans in general are not getting enough fiber. We don't talk enough about fiber. It's not something that people want to talk about, but you physically don't feel as good if you're not getting enough fiber, if you're not flushing toxins out of your system. Your skin doesn't look as good. Your body is just like not functioning as well if we're not emphasizing fiber. Agree. I would also love to talk a little bit about some ways that we can think about food and preventative skincare, something that I was thinking about while you were um, speaking on making your skin glowy and plump was collagen. I feel like collagen is a really hot topic product right now when it comes to skincare and just like general beauty wellness. And I'm a little bit nervous about collagen just because I do try to eat a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear a little bit about your takes on supplements and just some ways that people can think about skincare in a very like natural preventative way. There is data to show that collagen supplementation helps you build your own collagen, but for people who are plant-based and don't want to have like whether it's marine collagen or beef collagen, I'd recommend foods high in zinc because that's going to help you boost your own collagen. So kind of going back to like sesame seeds, chia seeds, walnuts, um, vitamin C helps boost collagen. So that's going to be the most natural way to do it without having an animal source. Okay. I would have never thought about zinc in foods for some reason. When you say zinc, I think of sunscreen. Zinc oxide, yeah. Yeah, I think of zinc oxide. And that also just a really important mineral. It's great for immunity. I mean, there's zinc pills if you feel a cold coming on that you can take that help kind of lessen the days of the cold but it also really helps boost your own production of collagen. Is that something that people should be actively concerned about necessarily? Zinc and collagen production. Is there anything else that we like don't talk about when it comes to skincare that you don't feel is getting enough attention when it comes to supplements and things that people are eating for? Um, I think keeping your skin hydrated is huge because as we age, we lose that hydration in our skin, which is what makes it look a little more dry. And besides that, we're losing like collagen and elastin. So it depends on what you want to look at it. Also, if your only concern is your face in terms of skin, there's other alternatives. Like there's great LED. Red light is amazing for boosting collagen. You can do things like microneedling. Like there's different lasers. There's different ways to kind of create almost like micro tears or damage in your skin to help you boost your own collagen. So there are ways to just go directly there versus like having your body produce more collagen. Interesting. I never really think too much about microneedling, but maybe it's because it's not something that anyone that I'm close with has done yet. So I would love to hear a little bit about like your take on treatments or just active things that you do to think about skincare more deeply. Yeah. I mean, microneedling is great because it's minimal to no downtime, like a day, not even a couple hours, really not very painful. And it really shows nice results, but it's, it's a little more long-term preventative. So it's not going to give you like an immediate result. So at least I personally don't think so. I've done it quite a few times, but I like knowing that it's just something kind of mild I can do like for a long-term effect. And then when you hear people getting like the vampire facial, basically they're just taking your blood and spitting out your platelets and your platelets are kind of what go to any area to help like repair damage. It's like PRP is like called platelet rich plasma. So they separate your blood from your plasma, which has all of your platelets and they just roll it over your face. So that like technically where there's any damage, AKA scarring or like, you know, collagen loss or whatever, 
it just kind of helps repair it. So you're getting double that with a vampire facial. What's funny is at first it was very much advertised as like this red face and you'd walk out looking all bloody, but whenever someone walks out like that, they're actually getting a lesser intense version of it because if they're not spinning the blood and giving you just the platelets, you're actually getting a more diluted solution on your skin. So if they just draw your blood and then apply the blood onto your skin, you're getting blood which has you know platelets dispersed wherever throughout it. But if they actually put it into the spinner and spin out your platelets, it's going to give you like half of a solution that's kind of yellow looking. And this is going to go onto your skin, which leaves no color and give you more platelets. So I almost feel like it's a bit of a marketing thing to make you think like, oh, you're bloody, so it must be working when in actuality that means it's less intense. I'm so glad that you said that because I've always thought that when I see photos of really red-faced facials, I assume that it's like the most intense, high-performing facial that someone could possibly get. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to think that there are a lot of things in the skincare world now that are very much marketing ploys. I'm curious to know if there's anything that is a very low market, like low budget attainable thing that people can be adding into their skincare routines because it is really easy to feel overwhelmed with the amount of options that are out there right now with skincare. So something that maybe you'd recommend everyone just starts with a baseline, just getting their skincare together. Right. I would say baseline is obviously like a nice gentle cleanser you like. Um, I would get like a physical exfoliant, so something that has that rougher texture and do that maybe two to three times a week along with your cleanser. Um, I'd also get a chemical exfoliant. This is one that could be like a clear liquid. This is going to be anything like salicylic acid or lactic acid or glycolic acid. These are technically exfoliants, but they work more internally versus on the outside of your skin. So these are actually even more effective than the rougher, you know, the rougher that just kind of gets the dead layers off your skin. So, you know, of course, like figuring out how to incorporate them, I wouldn't do them on the same day as you use like a bead one, but those are super important to have in your like weekly routine. Serums are really important. So a hyaluronic acid serum, everyone needs to have. It's the one ingredient that I would recommend for everybody. It's the most hydrating ingredient you can find. It holds up to a thousand times its weight in water. So basically when you apply it, it's going to sink into your skin completely and then hold up to even more water than it can absorb. I would also recommend like a vitamin C serum, something that make sure that you get it in like any kind of bottle that's amber colored. Because if you find it in a clear bottle, you know that this company is giving you a cheap vitamin C because it's not stable if it's exposed to light. So make sure that it's in like an amber colored bottle. Serums are important to have in addition to moisturizers because they just penetrate the skin deeper. So it's not like a one or the other, but you have to use them both. If you were only going to stick to two serums, I would say those would be the best ones. And you could do vitamin C in the morning. And then hyaluronic acid, you can literally use as many times as you want throughout the day. That's why I actually like to get one that's just hyaluronic acid. There's so many that come in a combination with like vitamin C or retinol, but those you're not going to be able to use throughout the day. So getting one on its own is important. And then just like what I, you know, moisturizer, I'm a little more like lenient on. I think it's just, you know, whatever you feel is like a great gentle hydrating moisturizer. Squalene is really good. Face oils are pretty good. If you, if you have acne, I would recommend like a squalene face oil over anything else because it's the least comedogenic. Um, there's like a scale of what oils can 
irritate your skin. And then a good eye cream, like a retinol eye cream is really good. Retinol cream in general could also be good to have at night if you want to use that every night or alternate it with like your chemical exfoliant. And I know that sounds like a lot, but that's kind of like six things. I would say, I don't know if I listed six or seven, those are like going to be your need ride or die like master list of skincare and then besides that you can get into like if you want to add growth factors or peptides but that's like a really good hydrating but also active skincare set to get thank you so much for that because i am also so glad that you were able to break down ingredients so concisely i've always wondered about hyaluronic acid because it seems to be like the product that everyone's looking for. It and is everything. It's like, everywhere. It's the best. It's actually what most cosmetic filler is made of. So people who get their lips done or like their, you know, whatever filler you get injected in your face is mostly made of hyaluronic acid. So sometimes with filler, if you're in a humid environment, you can tend to swell up a little bit because it does hold so much water, but that's why it's so like plumping too. Oh, I totally didn't realize that. That's so interesting. If you Google Juvederm active ingredient, you'll see it's hyaluronic acid. Oh, wow. That's so eye-opening. And it's also interesting that you mentioned retinol is not something that you necessarily need every day because I feel like a few years ago, retinol was a really big point of conversation. I might have misspoke. So retinol is different than retinoic acid. Retinoic acid is prescription strength. So that's going to be like your retinoid micro or like tretinoin. There's different like forms of it. Retinol is over the counter, which is why I mentioned it because this is someone, you don't have to go to a dermatologist for this. And it's basically like a diluted version of it. So it's not as like active. Some people can use it every single night. And like, to be honest, a lot of people can handle it every night. And it's a, one of the best anti-aging ingredients. But if you also like, you can kind of experiment if you want to try one of your exfoliating like agents, like your lactic acid or glycolic acid, you might want to alternate like one night one, one night the other. So it just depends on like, there's a new product that a lot of people are liking. It's this brand, um, I think it's by Skin Science. Uh, it's called Alpha Ret and it's like got alpha hydroxy acids and retinol. So it basically combines the two into one product. So you would just like use that every night. Oh, I'm definitely going to look into that because I love just like a buy one, get one situation when it comes exactly. to skincare and routine, just so efficient. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you were able to break down a skincare routine so concisely because while I love to participate in my own skincare routine, it's very like ritualistic in a sense. It's not always easy to figure out what you actually need to be using every single day. Less is more sometimes, like just use things when you need them. And you can also really start your skincare with your plate, like we were talking earlier about just eating for wellness and like healing from within. And I think it's such a cool message to really wrap around. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been so informative and I feel like I've learned a lot from you. Amazing. I'm so glad I had so much fun. I hope you guys loved that conversation with Dr. Mona Vand. I feel like I learned so much from her. I really had a good idea of how I was going to revamp not only my lifestyle, my diet, but also my skincare routine. Gave me a lot to think about. So I hope you learned a little something. 
Dr. Mona is available for you wherever you want to find her. It's pretty easy. She has a website. She's on Instagram, on Facebook. She is also on TikTok, which I thought was really funny. She mentioned to me that most of her content right now is on TikTok. So wherever you want to find her, she is there for you. Really such a wealth of knowledge and someone that I look up to so, so much. I really have learned so much from her. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Eco Chic, and I will see you very, very soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.